0: Forgotten Flicks, Episode 31, Trancers, 1985.
1: Dry hairs for squids.
0: Como esta? And welcome to the Forgotten Flicks podcast. I am Joel, and joined as always by the puterific Jasonionion.
2: You may now refer to me from this point forward, Squid, as Jay- Jason Death.
0: Jason Death. <laughs> because
2: Death <laughs> is the coolest last name ever.
0: Um, <laughs> what kind of name is Jason Death? What <laughs> okay. kind what kind of name is Peter Gunn? Uh, I don't know. An <laughs> awesome one. So, welcome to the <laughs> FriendFlix podcast. If you're new around these here parts, here's uh, the dealio. We talk about um, old movies. I mean, if you're like 22, they're really old. Because <laughs> we're really old. Yes, yeah, so they're antiques. Yeah, they're antiques. Yeah. And so, yes, usually we uh, have a have a main movie we talk about. We uh, go into uh, six picks that, in some sometimes, I guess I should say, relate to the uh, main movie at hand. There's some thematic connection, um, neb- nebulous as it might be. Or I should say We t- average tenuous. about once every
2: three episodes, we connect it, yeah.
0: Yeah, so probably tenuous would be better word than <laughs> nebulous. Tenuous as it might be. And uh, we also will be uh, mentioning yet again to drop on over by the website and uh, uh, fill out our little online po- poll uh, allowing you to choose what movie we start our October spooky flicks fest. <laughs> I got it that time. Oh, you got it all out that time. I know. Time. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> So um, if you hear a sudden thump in the middle of this recording, that's because I might have uh, developed the flu or something akin to it, and I might just pass out in the middle of the show. However, we are going to have an awesome surprise for you when we get into transfers. But first up, we have our feedback. Two pieces of voicemail feedback tonight, today, this morning, whenever the heck you're listening to this bad boy. The first is from our buddy, JV.
1: in my car, once again, driving, once again, giving you a voicemail, once again, and by the way, I didn't even get to finish the episode, once again, what is it with you guys that you managed to get me to make a phone call while driving, and always... After the feedback line section part, because what the heck are you doing? Sorry, wrong question. Who the heck are you putting in your feedback section? These people must be crazy. I mean, they must have, like... 12,000 screws or something, I don't know, hey guys, you know me, it's Jason Vertuccio of the JV Mail Podcast, located on the web at jvmail.com, you got questions, you got answers, give us a call at four one two five four OJV. and leave us a question and we will answer it on the air sooner or later, okay, so I want to know, it's either one of two things, okay, A, Is Savannah calling about Jason Voorhees? Because you didn't do a show about Friday the 13th, as far as I can remember. So, uh, that kind of confused me. Or, Bates, how much did Jason pay Savannah to make that phone call? Because, I mean, (laughs) honestly, come on. Come on, we know the truth, right? So, um, that's what I want to know, guys. Savannah... Who was she? How much was she bribed? Or did she confuse uh, your show with the show that was doing um, Friday the 13th at at some point? Um, Catch you guys later, and on top first. Thank you for stopping. Good day. Uh,
0: Okay. In case you're wondering, those new to the (laughs) podcast, a couple episodes back, well, actually last couple episodes, um, we've had some phone calls from uh, the Jason, was it fans who need a life? Was that the...
2: (laughs) I believe it was the Jason fans for life, J-F-F-L. Wow.
0: Yes. And if you hear something that sounds like a cat howling behind me, that would be one of my children. Ignore that, please. (laughs) (laughs) I got two comments
2: for JV. Yeah, go for it. First of all, I didn't know you had 12,000 screws to be loose, but yeah, we still let you on the show anyway, because, you know, sometimes you're entertaining. Secondly, (laughs) I've never actually been to Savannah or... With Savannah, or anywhere near Savannah, actually, so no, nothing exchanged, and I'm pretty sure she was talking about me, because Voorhees, yeah, not hairy like a chimp.
0: No, Jason, <laughs> but if we do shave you, you have a striking resemblance to Sloth from the Goonies, who, in fact, looked like Jason Voorhees. <laughs> I'm just uh, I'm, this is true. I kid, so. I kid. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that was, uh, as usual, a uh, enlightening and... and uh, Always entertaining <laughs> voicemail from our buddy JV. JV called back. Was Yes, it was, and I love how he always <laughs> has to put in Han shot first because he's right. He did. And now but we don't know you. And now, so. and now we also want to point out JV, of course, pointing out. You know, who do we let on the podcast? Well, JV, we let people like Peter on.
1: Hey guys, it's Peter. Uh, Jason just mentioned that you're doing transfers tonight with the. Awesome, Tim Thomason. I haven't seen Transfers in a long, 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 and long time. So I need to rewatch that again. But I seem to remember it was, was a very good movie. And, Yeah. Well, you know what I mean, okay? So uh, I'm thrilled that you're finally doing Transfers. You've been talking about it for, uh, for a couple of episodes. So uh, just thought I'd phone in as usual. Uh, I have to make myself heard, love hearing my voice, and all that. And I'll just hang up now. It's been a long day. Need coffee. Bye bye.
0: Yes, that was our buddy Peter. So, <laughs> Jason, the real question is would JV like to tell Peter he has $12 in Screws List? Because I wouldn't.
2: I'd pay to be a spectator at that one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that, 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 was a, that was a good yeah. call, Peter. I, I, a nice timing. Obviously, you got it in under the wire, so we were able to include it in tonight's show. Been awkward, awkward if <laughs> and more till- to the
2: point, yeah. We, although we have not talked about, I think we talked about transfers in the last one, or at least we mentioned we were going to be doing it, but this is an episode, I'd say, 30 other episodes in the making, because we've mentioned Tim Thomerson since maybe episode two.
0: It's almost like he is akin to mentioning, say, Terry O'Quinn, or Bruce Campbell, or Lost, <laughs> yes. or hatred for the Star Wars prequels.
2: Yeah, that's... Jar uh, Jar Binks uh, is the that'll devil. that be episode
0: 100. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, the episode 100. <laughs> Hatin' on Star Wars. So, anyway, on <laughs> don't that... Don't drink the haterade! <laughs> on on that note... So, we are joined by the great Daryl. Do you mind if I say your last name? I don't know, some people are weird about yeah, that. I'm, yeah, okay. that's I'm, I'm fine with me. Okay, Daryl Taylor. So, ladies... Keep your paternity tests. Ladies. <laughs> Ladies, good evening. So, Daryl, yes, Daryl has, uh, what are you on now? Is it 86 podcasts, Daryl? Uh, just a few.
3: Yeah. I, I, well, I, I get bored with doing just one type of podcast, so I came up with, got together with friends, and we have our own little network of podcasts, so it's uh, you can go to the Taylor Network dot wordpress.com and you can listen to the comic book roadshow which is a comic book interview podcast where we interview uh writers artists anyone that's in the the comic business um we have no apologies which is a a group where we just talk about uh comics pop culture um then you have nothing's on podcast which is movies and tv which i uh, do with my friend donnie salvo comedian extraordinaire and uh, we have, yeah, I said it, which is, I do with my uh, buddy Simba, and that that's just—that's
0: the spunky, clean one, right?
3: Yeah, that's the real clean yeah. one that you can only listen to <laughs> at work, in a bar, uh, <laughs> after, yeah, after, after two
0: a.m. The speakers up loud. Yeah, yeah,
3: right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and of and of course, uh, Umar. Who has called in the defixer who has called in many times to your show. Yes. the defix hideout.
0: Yes, excellent. Cool, man. All right. Well, we will have the link to all that podcast goodness in the show notes. And so, gentlemen, would you like to get started with a with a little transfers action? Yes. Okay. Well first, first uh, those new to the show, um, this is you are leaving the spoiler free zone. So let me just give you a little heads up. me excuse me spoiler alert please all huh. right uh, yeah i give you
2: <laughs> i was waiting for the prius to drive away so oh, yes yes
0: <laughs> i give you the truncated the truncated version because the freaking trailer was like four minutes long so i had to edit it down but here is the trancers trailer
1: I'm Jack Death. I'm a trooper in the 23rd century. Jack Death, Angel City PD. May I see your stats? What did I do? Under Section 7 of the Penal Code, the Council authorized me to administer you a transfer suspect examination. You can't give me a TSE without a warrant. I got your warrant right here, pal. Okay, okay, okay. I don't want any trouble. What about you? My job is hunting transfers. I got nothing to hide. Finding them and singeing them. Look out! of course sometimes they find me first then it's a little more complicated how do you know whispers location we monitored a line disruption in los angeles december 1985 and Zant, Ash and I all had ancestors in the city then. If you think I'm bringing that scum up the line, you got the wrong trooper. Unless you stop Whistler, everything the council has accomplished for the last 40 years will count for nothing. Okay, let's say I believe this. You're a cop from the future and you're chasing this guy Piper. Whistler. Why doesn't he just turn you into one of these zombies, or me? Trancing only works on squids, people with weak minds, easily controlled. Lena. I'm from another time, another world. I don't even know what you people eat for lunch.
3: Okay, I got fried rice, egg rolls, and beef chow mein.
1: Beef? You mean like from a cow? I thought it was rough in the 23rd century. I didn't know how hot it could get. How's my tan? It was getting hotter all the time. Jack! I guess I just attract a certain element no matter what century I'm in. This way, mister!
3: Anyway, I gotta run now.
1: I wanna ride with the lady. Over here, Ashby!
3: that he's never even been here before
1: Transers.
0: so anyway that was the trancers trailer gentlemen respond like you get to listen to the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> that was an awesome trailer it was it was radical that was phenomenal yeah how'd you do that <laughs>
3: It made me seem like I watched a whole different movie. That trailer actually made it sound good.
0: Whoa, (laughs) whoa, whoa. Bringing out the the big guns early. Good Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, Trancers, 1985. This is a Charles Band-directed motion picture. And if you don't know who Charles Band is, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry for you, okay? (laughs) Charles Band- The man who produced over 240 motion pictures. At least that's what he claims they are. Classics like (laughs) Ginger Dead Man,
1: Killjoy,
0: Evil Bong, The Haunted Casino, (laughs) Puppet Master, and of course, who can forget Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys? Of course enough with the snark he also did uh like from beyond dolls which is actually a really underrated Stuart gordon movie i don't know if you've ever seen that either of you but it's creepy and good anything with dolls is creepy in my book and uh yeah he's he's done a crap ton of movies he actually uh, demi moore one of her first her first movies which was called parasite he directed that and um a whole ton of skinamax quality motion pictures so Yes, that is courtesy of Charles Band. But he also directed Trancers, which starred the great. I don't care what you want to say about the movie. Hate all you want. But Tim Thomerson is a badass. Okay. <laughs> He's Jack Death. Yeah, hello. <laughs> what the hell? You don't get a better name. What, what, the, what the hell kind of name is Jack Death? Seriously. Um, and, of course, it it stars the... Not a good
2: one if you want to convince uh, someone to go up to the apartment to protect them and they... yeah Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Your name is what? Yeah.
0: And then, of course, it also starred, uh, you may have heard of her. She was in a couple pictures, uh, Helen Hunt. I think oh, she's related. I had a
3: crush on her.
0: I think she was related to the uh, the ketchup people, right? That's Hunt's. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, Helen Hunt. Yeah, yeah. What's funny about Helen Hunt to me, I said this to Jason earlier, has she really aged? Like she looks, like in everything, she looks like she's 35, whether she's like supposed to be 19. Yeah. It's amazing.
3: At least her face.
0: I mean. Whoa, whoa, uh, Jason. Like Jason. Whoa. Why are you hating, buddy?
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm not. Listen to me. Wow. In this movie, I swear to God, she looks like 14 years old. Her body looks like six in. But when she gets all the way up to Twister, she looks, I think, more like a fully.
3: More like more, a woman?
0: woman. Yes. <laughs> yes. More than a woman. One, her face. her, her, her well, face
2: looks exactly the same.
3: But
0: Yes, that's where I was going with it.
3: Well, I I would say as as, when I first saw her as a as a child, you know, as a teenage teenage boy, yes, and I saw that scene when you first see her, yes, that scene um, ignited in me puberty, my manhood, yes, my puberty. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it was enough. I mean, just that little bit was enough for me. I mean, that's all we got back then,
0: Daryl. Daryl. So she was your Kelly Maroney, yes. Okay.
2: Okay. (laughs) Yes, because. Joel has openly admitted to Kelly Baroni that the n- negligee scene with her in Night of the Comet launched his puberty. <laughs> she was.
3: <laughs> I remember hearing
2: that.
0: She was dressed as a cheerleader, and then she. Str- oh, come on. Really? I know I wasn't the only one. That no, well, I mean. Okay, I may be the only one that actually told her that, but that's really beside the point. Yeah, I was going to say you the yeah. only one that said it to her yeah. face. Yeah. Well, to her, good, to her huh? Skype connection, yes. So. It, Helen Hunt was, of course, in "As Good as It Gets," "Twister," "Mad About You." You know, a couple l- little low-budget things. And Trancers also starred. I just love saying the guy's name, Art Lefleur, who uh, played McNulty. He's sort of—I guess he's just supposed to be—is he like the the sergeant? What was his? Is he supposed to be like the sergeant and the troopers and the? Yeah,
3: it's like Luke. Yeah, like he's, a, he's a lieutenant or something. Yeah, he,
0: is he above Jack? Because Jack doesn't act like he's got any authority over him whatsoever.
3: And that's weird. In the movie, they never really say that he's in charge. Because he every time he makes a, he says something about you know, don't let Jack go back or something. They always overrule him. <laughs> yeah, I
0: know. Yeah, and then of course when he shows up, his baby McNulty <laughs> so if he is
3: in charge of. Yeah, if he
2: is in charge
1: of Jack, he's definitely emasculated.
0: Yeah, that that's true. And of course, uh Telma Hopkins, who was uh she did a lot of TV stuff. She did like uh, Family Matters mm-hmm. and uh which I'm not gonna lie, yeah. I, hated I, I hated that show. I I just thought it was so annoying. That and Full House. Yes. I hated both of those shows. Really? Oh I did God. too. I hate thank you, Daryl. Now uh, she now uh, she, <laughs> she was in Gimme a Break, which I loved. Right. And I and she was also on uh, Bosom Buddies, which it doesn't mm. get better than Tom Hanks and Drag. I mean, come on. So yes, yeah, so Toma had a yeah. had a decent uh, career in, on on the boob tube, <laughs> no pun intended. And <laughs> <laughs> Let's see who else we got here. Oh yes, we had uh, Richard Hurd who played uh, one of the the kind of like it's the magistrates, the uh what were they called? The council. He was also in Plain Trans- yeah, and Automobiles. Yeah. yeah, he was in All the President's Men, China Syndrome. Obviously, with all those movies he was slumming it whereas Transfers was, you know, all about being highbrow and uh those are all
2: for the what 20 seconds he was in it oh well he was in <laughs> exactly. it for.
0: he was in it for longer than that um and mm. uh, of course if you want to see something really creepy go to imdb and look up the chick who plays the little girl i guess it's only
2: oh, oh it's just going to be one of those really weird lists of movie credits
0: no oh no no that like, no uh... <laughs> no like stephen jeffries no
3: like evil from
0: uh... evil ed yeah <laughs> like but, hold on daryl have you ever done that
3: I looked up... Uh,
0: Stephen... No, Stephen Jeffries. You know, you, Jeffries. You, you, ever, you saw the original Fright Night, right? Yeah. Okay, you remember Evil Ed? The, you know... What? The Brewster! Yeah. Yeah, that guy? You know, the... Oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. All, while we're doing this, if you have... If you can... Obviously, you have access. You're on freaking Skype. But, <laughs> but if you can... Just go to his IMDb page and start just scrolling down and reading the titles. That's all I'm saying. I'm not going to say anything else because I just want to, I'll know when you get there based on your reaction. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Oh. So so you do that while we're we're continuing on. So, uh, so yeah. So, so try, baby try,
3: McNulty,
0: Yes. The girl. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, she's, she's aged nicely. That's all I'm saying. It's just kind of creepy because she's this, oh, this cute little girl in the movie. And not, I don't know where I was going with that other than to have an excuse to talk about evil Ed. So. Uh, yes. Right then. Yes, so <laughs> so in Trancers, uh, Jason, would you like to, to hit us with a little synopsis action?
2: Yeah, I'll make this one quick and easy. This is basically the story of Jack Dath, who is a cop who doesn't care what authority thinks from the 23rd century. And basically his deal is he hunts down trancers. And they are weak-minded people who are nicknamed squids who are controlled through telepathy. By Whistler, who is the main bad guy who's out to wreak chaos in the future, and um, these transers are sort of (laughs) zombie-like.
0: What's wrong,
3: Daryl? I'm okay. Can I even say the title? (laughs) (laughs) If
0: if you do, I could throw the beep on. That makes it funnier.
3: (laughs) Okay, it 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 says semen training day.
0: I'm scared to ask what that is. Oh, no, no, dude, no. That's the only uh-huh. one you're on. Keep scrolling, my friend, and then we'll just keep listen scrolling. for your reaction. We'll listen for your reaction. Guys, oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> oh. Oh, Trent. Whoa. <laughs> see, see what we're saying? See what yeah. we're saying? That was unexpected, I, wasn't I, it? That I, was unexpected.
3: Is looking pretty good, isn't he?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yep. That's something. Yeah. That is what something. What happened? I, 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 I only thing I can figure is a crack habit. <laughs> I got nothing else. I got, I got drugs no- is
3: bad. Yeah.
2: Something went wrong because yeah. you know he wasn't. He wasn't bad. He was good in Fright Night. So he
3: was.
0: He won like a. I think he got yeah? nominated for like a Tony Award at some point or two. He was. Yeah. What?
3: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what? Well, he must have had a. Something bad. went horribly wrong. He had a bad yeah. habit, like a real bad habit. Although I would argue, being the
2: '80s probably wasn't crack for him. Probably was just straight up blow.
0: Yeah. Well, he was. But well, most, most of those were the <laughs> '90s. Most of those were.
1: What the?
2: is
0: in the oven. But don't um, vote. Yeah, yeah, you, uh, you know. <laughs>
1: is in the oven <laughs> uh,
0: yeah so yeah it, um, no he was uh, well most of those if I recall most of those uh, movies were in the 90s so it could have been ah, C- uh, crack is whack I learned that
3: yeah very bad at least right? he's alive yeah. yeah you call this existing <laughs> <I don't... laughs>
0: yeah now of course we're gonna have everybody going yeah. what are they uh, and then people are gonna be like look at whatever you do don't look it up at work <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, or, or use your phone. Don't use the work computer. So be...
3: grab your cell phone, or you know, yeah. Yeah, grab your kids. Leave the room. Don't do it while the kids are
0: in- <laughs> yeah, No, that's
3: not something you want to have to explain.
2: No,
0: no. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. So Jason, you want to finish the uh, in-depth synopsis <laughs> for sure? <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Um, so
2: yeah. So basically, at the very beginning of the movie. Jack Death has to go back in time because Whistler the Bad Guy goes back in time. So he goes back to current day, 1985, Los Angeles, which seems to be the center of a lot of apocalypse movies. But he goes back to uh, Los Angeles, me telling Hunt because he's taken over the brain because their, their time travel is kind of weird. But basically... <laughs> we'll you take get over into that. The brain. Yeah. <laughs> you take over the body of one of your ancestors. And so... Um, he has to go back and hunt down Whistler. They fight off transitors in the current day, which take the form of uh, all kinds of weird people, including the cops. Because guess what? Whistler is a like a lieutenant, a police lieutenant. Um, they back and forth. There's a little bit of love starts to happen between Jack and and um, Lena, Helen Hunt's character. And I won't give away the ending, even though there's we've given our spoiler alert because. Oh yeah, we got to tell the ending.
0: No, no, we will big, we'll get, we'll, we'll get there. Let's, let's, let's let's, walk big let's, let's, let's walk through the steps. Let's just, let's go through a piece by piece. So needless to say, he, he, uh,
2: you yeah, know, yeah. I'll leave it at
0: that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: He's
0: so, in the future. Yes. So yeah. And the, and the cool thing about transfers is that in my opinion, besides Tim Thomerson is I did like the whole film noir and had like that kind of the fifties with the car and, uh, you know, they, they did. A, I thought they did it, considering this was an extremely low budget sci-fi picture from the '80s. I mean, extremely low budget. I think oh, they. Yeah. I think they pulled off nicely <laughs> the atmosphere. Like, I really liked the vibe of the movie. Still, I mean, we'll get into the script later. But the 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 way the movie kind of felt, the way it played out. I just. I don't know. I liked the 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 shadows and the neon and i all had kind of this gauzy you know kind of filtered dream quality to the whole thing and uh yeah. you know so I, I i enjoyed that part of it uh so gen- gentlemen what was your take on the picture uh, let's let's defer to our guest since he has to get over the trauma of what he's recently read about <laughs> evil ed
3: <laughs> of the Stephen jeffrey search <laughs> Well, I remember like this when I first saw this, I went to um Blockbuster and or no, it was something else. I think it was even before Blockbuster. Oh yeah,
1: this uh, would probably whatever been before Video
3: this. video place it was. I saw the cover. Uh-huh. And it had the it had him with the gun. I think he had a helmet on.
0: Yes, he does, yeah.
3: Yeah, with like that sh- visor shield.
2: Yeah. Kind of Mad
0: Max style, like a close up yeah, of Mad Max. Yeah.
3: yeah. And it that got me. Like I that was like I was like, mom, could you please? Can I can I rent this, please, please? And that, <laughs> that set it off. Yeah. And then it, it, it even back then it, it had the apocalyptic, uh-huh. you know, the flood and and the whole. but I forgot rewatching it, I forgot that they didn't have enough stuntmen. <laughs> so when there's an old lady in the beginning, yes, yes. she turns from a a, a, oh, what, was a, awesome. a 60, 70 year old black woman. It was awesome. White man back to a black woman, back to a white man to a black woman. Because I don't even think that was a woman stuntman that they used.
2: No, not even close. That was awesome,
3: and it was just hilarious. With an awful wig too, by the way. Oh my god, it was terrible. It was just and fun. I mean, but it even the second watching, it was still fun. You know, it had the whole tropes with the detective the gritty yeah tired of doing his job i'm tired I'm, I'm quitting i can't do it anymore yep you know i have the 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 one uh the one criminal that i can't that i need to get revenge on you know that i yep. need to take down i mean it just had all those things in mm. it and i just enjoyed it it just it just You just throw away all that other, you know, you throw away, you know, concentrating on, you know, how low budget it looks and you just have fun. And and it had Helen Hunt and that was enough for me, too.
0: Yeah. And I I like that point, because I think for whatever issues there would be with the story, it was it it actually was a fun movie. Like I was because I I haven't seen it. Last time I saw it was probably about 10 years ago. And uh, Mm -hmm. I was surprised by how enjoyable it was just as a kind of turn your brain off you know, cheesy, good time. Like it wasn't, you know, it didn't take itself too serious. It wasn't, you know, they didn't try and uh, even though, uh, even though the storylines over the top and some of the acting was a little bit, it it did, it never, I don't know. It didn't feel that kind of fake forced control. Like a lot of those movies you're watching like, oh, like they're trying to make a bad movie. Like I felt with trancers, Jason, you and I've had this discussion before that with a lot of the new quote unquote bad movies, it's like they're trying to make a bad movie. Back in the day, they were trying right. to make a good movie with what they had, and occasionally they, you know, it, it, you know, often <laughs> it would be bad by other people's standards. But you can, I don't know, there's a spirit to it and an attitude that, you know, it's not as cynical, it's not as uh, contrived to sit there and go, well, let's let's make a really bad movie. Well, okay, except then well, it's not. And,
2: and, and not only that, I don't think it was trying to make even. I mean, I know it had sci-fi elements. It was takes place. You know, it's a future character coming back, time travel. He's got a laser gun. There's even the, like a a moment, you know, a couple moments where he's got this watch that pauses time and that kind of thing.
3: But
0: the I longest ten seconds movie. ever.
3: <laughs> <I know>. Yeah. <laughs> Good. He like you... to run like the Bionic
2: Man. Yeah, yeah he was just <laughs>
0: listening to
2: But that is not ten seconds. It's supposed to be. You push the button, and for every one second that goes by for everybody else, it's ten seconds for you. Yeah, it was like
0: an hour and a half.
2: <laughs> it's like three minutes. Yeah. He's running around doing. And but, wait, wait, but here's the thing. But, and- I mean, I think it. I, but ahead. it was more of. I think it was more of a film noir. It felt more like the cop movie, with those elements in it. It didn't feel like it was trying to be a cheesy sci-fi. It Was trying too hard, yeah. even as much. You know, as you know, some of the others we've covered, but I think it was really a a decent, more like a '70s cop type movie with that in it, and so that's why I think it tended to work a little bit more, especially with the dark. You know, everything happened at night, most of it anyway. So,
0: yeah, which is saying something because obviously, for a lot of low, low budget movies, they tried to avoid the nighttime stuff just because of all the cost of having to light it and you know do it effectively. But yeah, I mean, I, I think. More than anything, what I loved was the time travel paradox, let's just say. Like, I I just had a couple quick questions I want to throw your way, guys, just to see if you could maybe. (laughs) Because I'm not that bright. I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm not that bright. I I don't have a degree in quantum (laughs) physics. So I just want to know how they they send their mind. It's consciousness based, right? They send their mind back to their ancestors, I'm assuming, because it's somehow tied to like DNA, right? I mean, right. that makes sense. Okay. I, I'm yep. there. I am there with you. Okay. So how exactly do they send back a pictures gun and wristwatch? Oh, yeah. That's a good question. <laughs> I just and, want. And
2: can I add to that? Yeah, sure. At the end of the movie. Yeah. He's got two vials uh-huh. that send will send him uh-huh. and the bad guy back to their current time. Uh-huh. These tiny little vials. Uh-huh. They can send back a box full of gun mm-hmm. pictures. And a watch that stops time, they can send that back in a little box.
0: Yep. Twice. Yep.
2: No less. Yep. But they can't send back a little glass vial full of stuff and he's stuck in his past yeah. and can't go back.
0: Yeah. Which which is okay. really dopey because if you think about it, all he would have to do is put the um like put some kind of clue somewhere he knew where they would find it, let's say, <laughs> to let them know to send it back to him to begin with. Kind of like Doc uh, Brown yeah. in Back to the Future three, you know? Yeah. OK. Right, yes, yeah. See, Back to the Future had it all worked out. These people were lazy. Nah. anyway. Yeah. And the other thing I, I had a question <laughs> is, if Whistler went back in time to kill the ancestors of the council, right? there's three council, uh, the people that in charge of the council lost. And that, that was a, and I'm sorry, I thought that was an awesome effect. I'm sure it was just a matte painting. But the the tops of the buildings from Lo, old Los Angeles in the ocean.
2: Oh, like out in the ocean yeah i thought yeah. that looked good
0: that, that, that was surprisingly good effect now i won't even get into the fact that, that was
3: kind of original planet of the apes
2: yeah it
0: had Actually, that vibe you think
3: of yeah. when i watched it again. yes
0: yes absolutely that was very cool and how jack like to relax apparently likes to go and scuba dive amongst the ruins of lost angeles and and uh did you catch the sign that he was cleaning off what it was what it said the street sign no it was, sun- oh, it, was, yeah. it, was it was sunset um, boulevard right yeah yeah, that was subtle. Yeah,
2: throw a little Waterworld in there, too. You yeah, know, scuba yeah. diving into the ruins yeah. of the old city. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. True. Yet another movie, Waterworld, ripped off.
2: Yeah. Well. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to hate. I actually didn't hate Waterworld. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to say right here in public. I didn't hate that movie. Everybody said, oh, I hate Waterworld. Why? It wasn't... It was, it was a stupid movie, but it wasn't that bad. I think it's just because it cost so much money and tanked. No.
2: No, no. It was stupid. The only thing good about that movie was his really cool sailboat
0: his gills you did not like his gills no because
2: he was aquaman i yeah, mean, basically come on no are worse... not gonna evolve gills in that amount of time
0: oh that. well you don't know and and more to the point more to the point a much worse kevin costner post-apocalyptic movie the postman moving on oh
3: yeah that yeah. was bad i
0: can't <laughs> no
3: that was you know that was way worse you, you know like, how i'm gonna oh. end <laughs> the war i'm gonna deliver your mail <laughs>
0: It won't be on time, so the war probably will happen anyway. So sorry, uh, I'll oops. probably lose some of it, like the important pieces that would have actually ended the war. So never mind. So we just spent three hours okay, on this. movie for another... was good. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, right.
2: water was okay. Yes, sorry. yes.
0: So <laughs> if Wh- if Whistler went back in time to kill the ancestors of these council people in order uh-huh. to kill them, right? Okay, okay, that's clever. Except, would you immediately know if he succeeded or not? Like, immediate the second he disappeared. Right. immediately. It wouldn't be like this gradual time carries on and each of them starts to disappear. It would be immediate.
2: (laughs) You know, I think there's a... (laughs) I think there's something to be be said here because you can really look at the progression of time travel movies Uh over the last 20 years and how detailed they've gotten in the whole paradox of time travel because even in comic books, you know, to that point, there is just... So much less that went into, you know, late 70s, early 80s time travel movies Mm -hmm. about what happened versus now when you think about, you know, if you went back in time, immediately the effects would be known and no one would be even aware of them because you've created a completely parallel universe or, you know, time stream. And so they didn't spend a whole lot of time thinking about the whole time
3: travel in writing this no, because everyone he kills would that would change the future. Like every person yep. that Jack Death kills, yep. or Whistler kills, that I mean, that that should totally change what happens in in the
0: in the future. Unless you want to make mm-hmm. the argument for parallel universes, in which case it's all a moot point because all the people living in that particular universe would be fine.
2: Right. Yeah, and so Whistler's efforts would be completely moot because as he tried to kill those council members in Jack Desk timeline, they'd be perfectly fine.
0: Totally fine. They right. wouldn't disappear. Yeah, that, That's true. You know what movie got it right? Mainly because it becomes so good. Yeah, so the conf-
2: whole time travel piece was really weak in this
0: one. <laughs> yeah. Just, oh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get into the ending of the movie. Cause I have one last question. I want you two to explain to me and see if I was right on that one. Uh, <laughs> but there is a great time travel movie, extremely low budget. I think it costs like $30,000. Uh, it's called Primer. I don't know if either of you have ever seen it. It's it, pretty much these two guys are inventing this machine in their garage and they end up creating a time machine, but it's very, it's more cerebral and intellectual, but I would say that it's probably the best I've ever seen a movie come to trying to somehow explain the time paradox. And in the end, you're just confused as hell anyway. So you're like, Oh, I guess they're right. They're smarter than me. So, uh, yeah, I primers definitely worth checking out. Um, but my last question, gentlemen, and this is a massive spoiler I'm giving away the very end of the movie. Of course, Jason Kat already did by pointing out that, you know, Whistler and, and Jack only have the two vials, and one of them's broken, and... <laughs> So he, he shoves the vial into Whistler's throat. And, of course, we, we also have to set up the fact that towards the beginning of the movie when they asked Jack to do this for him, they wanted him to bring Whistler back so that he mm-hmm. could stand trial. And one of the moments yes. I just love, and it totally, I think, defines his character, where he just pulls his gun out just blasts the body in front of everybody. Nope, not bringing him back like that. He's going into the netherworld. I'm, I'm taking him to hell. I'm not going to yeah, you know, What are you
1: going to do now, yeah, huh? Yeah, what are you going to yeah, do know, now? Do wait, wait,
0: yeah, <laughs> <I> mean, it, <laughs> that's right. Because it defines his character, Jason, kind of like Han shooting first. Oh, oh, did I bring <laughs> it back around to that? I believe I did. So <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so so he sticks this thing in, in Whistler's ancestor's throat. The real guy comes back. Whistler goes, I guess, into whatever, Hades or whatever. And the very end of the movie, he's walking down with Helen Hunt and keeping in mind that every time he had the opportunity to bed her character, um, he got like pulled out of this world or this time and into the, you know, and he'd come back and that one point where they're like laying in bed and he realized it's after uh, the, the, the situation has taken place. And uh, yeah, don't
2: you, don't you hate when you wake up after the deed is done and you have
0: no memory go. of it. Well, the, yeah, the and he what, was like,
2: "No, oh, come on. Baby, I would wake
3: up.
0: I would say, no, I would don't say,
2: you think we need to sleep.
0: Like, no no so
3: see they, they forget and I remember. I, mean,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say good, wait isn't that like a good sign if what? it was so if it was so intense that you actually forgot. And more to the point, yeah. he could have used it as an opportunity to really been a stud. Now I'm ready to go again. I'm I'm good. I'm <laughs> So yes. So here's my question. So anyway, after all of those close calls in the end he's with her. They do the deep kissing and all that kind of stuff. Isn't she like his great-great-great-great-grandmama? Yes. You're right. Because they go, so they make They're the...
3: Con- Marty McFly business,
0: yeah. Yeah, except for Marty felt really awkward about his mom having the hots for him. And cause, <laughs> because Whistler makes a comment when he throws her... Uh, again, spoiler alert. When he goes to throw Lena, Helen Hunt's character, he throws her off the the building. And that's the last time Jack uses that watch, which again... Uh-huh. Ten seconds turns into you know like forty five minutes, and he runs down there. And but Whistler <laughs> says, "Watch your demise, Jack Death." And then he throws her. The implication, mm-hmm. of course, being she's the one who would marry the Philip Death that yep. he is embodying. So right. technically, and have
2: children that end up being Jack Death. Yeah.
0: So Jack Death is his own great 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 grandpapa. Yes.
2: He- well, he already said that body he's in it is Phil.
0: Well, but it isn't though. Just is his brain it? is on hold. Yeah, but it isn't, yeah, it is, is it? It's okay. Yeah, but it's not Phil because the person looking through Phil's eyes is Jack. And don't get me wrong? I'm not saying if my great 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 grandma looked like Helen Hunt, I wouldn't think about it. But I am just saying that it it just it <laughs> seems awkward, like me saying admitting it that.
3: Because if you if you throw a couple of uh, you you eliminate a couple of generations, you can actually uh, say, "What if he jumped into the body of his?" father
0: yeah oh he, yeah. yeah oh, oh.
3: Yeah. yeah so is it, it go down a the line if you go down to generations he i mean that is a something that could
0: you know now obviously we're not talking about like you know flipper kids here we're not talking about like he's gonna turn into lobster boy because this isn't like uh you know <laughs> we're, we're removing chromosomes from the equation but i am gonna ask no. this question if it's your great 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 grandma or whatever she would be is that kind of like you know hooking up with your third cousin Technically, it's not illegal. You're probably not going to have a mutant kid. It's just kind of weird.
3: It is, because you're still related.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Jason, I defer to you on that question. (laughs) Jason, I defer to you.
2: Mm. (laughs) Uh, The whole situation just reminded me of the whole... You know, because he looked like he was like 45-ish, and Helen Hunt looked like 15, so... Yeah, I was like that. whole Doug Hutchinson and whatever that sixteen-year-old girl he hooked up with. So, oh,
0: you mean Horace from Lost? Seeing them kissing. Yeah, Daryl. <laughs> yes. Did Daryl? Did you you seen that right? Wow. You you, you watched Lost right? When was oh yeah. Lost? Okay, you remember Horace from the Dharma Initiative? Yeah. You know about his— Yeah, he married a girl from yeah. kindergarten. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: She well, he was being yeah.
2: Except so she actually looks like she could be in her mid twenties and yeah. Miss Helen Hunt looks like she really like yeah, she, Well
3: her mind, if you listen to the girl talk, her mind is actually the mind of a ten year old <laughs> if you listen to her talk. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I'm sure is why why uh why was, Doug Hutchinson married her, was to listen to her talk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was for her mind. <laughs> totally. And she married <laughs> him? She married him for his debonair good looks and Suave, sophisticated mm-hmm. style and the and fact his that, agent. and the fact that he was Horace <laughs> on Lost. Yeah.
2: Right. And his bank
3: account. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that helped. help. Hey, you know what?
3: Well, that's what he used to pay her fam- her kid
0: her, her parents so that he could marry her. Oh, so yeah, it's it's okay Cheryl, when Horace. Wait, wait. Oh wait, so it's okay when Horace does it, but when Michael Jackson does it, really.
3: Hey, hey! It hasn't been. (laughs) No evidence of that. It hasn't (laughs)
2: been.
0: (laughs) uh, Oh, sorry. Hold on. Hold on. Wait. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, Allegedly. 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 Allegedly.
2: Not guilty. You saw the dance on top of the limo (laughs) with the umbrella. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Allegedly. Uh. I apologize. Allegedly. Okay. So, (laughs) Doug. Doug. We have evidence. So, (laughs) gentlemen. What is what is the final verdict for you about transfers, Daryl?
3: I would say that even after all these years, I still think <laughs> transfers is something that you can sit down with a group of friends, uh, drunk or not drunk.
1: <laughs>
3: and <laughs> just, fi- you find so many things in this movie that, like, he's in the car talking to uh talking to his soon-to-be girlfriend grandmother whatever <laughs> and he doesn't even pretend to drive the car uh uh-uh, no you could tell it's being it's being towed. You know, like <laughs> if he did he would have crashed the car oh yeah
0: because he's not looking at the road at all in la traffic like not no. even at all
3: no he has both hands on the steering wheel and he's just throwing the steering wheel right and left, right and left. And like those little thing, all those little things you get to see in this movie. Well, oh, how about at the uh, end?
0: That, Go ahead. Uh,
3: well, he's the, he jacked death, but he never, he, he really doesn't take the bad guy down as other people.
0: Yeah, ex- exactly. And, and more, yeah. and more to the point, <laughs> am I the only person that found first off that whole final climax building up to a uh, Whistler, like how they get mm-hmm. him? Like, it just seems so like, like, the, like there was a chunk missing like i had gotten up to go to the bathroom and missed like an entire setup sequence like there should have been i don't know if it was a montage that was missing i don't know what but it just felt like all of a sudden they're talking about it then it suddenly
2: was like, it was like the no no the editor was going through
3: and he a- a- accidentally cut like a big chunk of it. he's like
2: oh, that's what it
0: shit. felt like yeah yeah he's, exactly he's like he's like
3: like in uh, like, like, remember when he had the message to the council and he was basically trying to be dracula yeah. He was like, good evening, yeah, good I would give all of your ancestors that I would <laughs> a place on the council, and then at the end he goes, good day.
0: Yeah, and he goes, I've crossed oceans <laughs> of time to be with you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. He yeah, has that- psychic powers, so I'm thinking, if you have all these psychic powers yeah. to take over all these people um why not why don't you just hypnotize everybody But well, they're not just... squids mm-hmm.
0: you have to be a squid remember oh gotta be a squid like a mall santa claus
3: so he has no power ah. past i mean what's that yeah because he got all the cops to do it too yeah, and he got so... the yeah it's just but
2: helen hunt's mind is too strong
3: oh yeah. that's right
0: Yeah, yeah she's
3: not weak she's <laughs> not a squid She's not even though she fell for a line to get her in bed. The line was, uh, (laughs) "We made love in the stars and we connected
0: like two ethereal souls." Or,
3: yeah, I don't see a strong mind.
0: No, that's yeah.
3: Last night.
0: Yeah, what I really loved at the end is when cuz they have this whole thing where they they save the final council, the councilwoman they save her great 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 grandfather or whatever and he was a former uh, baseball player turned hobo and <laughs> who sobers up very quickly cuz he becomes hobo that,
2: <laughs> that seems to drink vodka from like 2 feet away from his mouth and that yes. slow-mo scene he's like
0: Wah. oh well, yeah he when, was
3: the best worst <laughs> drunk ever <laughs>
0: Yeah, so so at the very end he like throws this bottle of Jim Beam or whatever and, and pegs Whistler in the forehead on the top of the building. <laughs> but am I the only person that noticed Whistler stumbles back onto the building. They cut back to yes. like Helen, and then suddenly he's hanging off the edge like he fell over. I'm like, What? What'd what, he hit? A banana yeah. peel? His his
3: <laughs> his special abilities I guess got uh I don't know, maybe his watch Got a longer second and it kind of yeah.
0: rewounds far. I don't keep <laughs> on a letter. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> it didn't make any sense. It was like, you're defying physics. He's like going one direction. This suddenly he's going the other direction.
3: But you know which was so stupid. Well, if Jack was gonna kill Whistler, he when he ran to get Lena, he could have just roundhouse over I, there. I, I that's
0: exactly what I thought. If he just planted his yeah, shoulder and him, say, just go like a linebacker, man. Right. All you
2: have to do is just give him an elbow i mean it wasn't even that just come on
3: because Knocked he's him over the edge he stared at him for 5 minutes i'm like the time you took to stare at him yeah it- <laughs> With the I wish I could kill you, you could have just put your arm out and, and knocked him over and went and got Lena and everything would have been fine. You
0: know what would have been hilarious? If in the first the first time when he froze time, the cops all shoot at he at Lena and, and Jack and they run past Whistler in slow motion, which is weird because wouldn't Jack actually be in regular motion if everybody else is in slow motion? But whatever. E- yeah. yeah, I know that. Yeah. Well, that's a lo- we'll give it that we'll give him that one. That's a low budget issue. So, and, and this is pre CGI days. So anyway, so when he runs by and he does that little motion where he kind of the camera, you know, pans past Whistler and Whistler's in profile, and you see Jack kind of just staring at him like, oh, I could do something to you right now. And then he just keeps running past. Wouldn't it have been great if you just like leaned down and just like hit him in the nuts, like you just ah, she did, <laughs> just something, just something. No, to- no, no, no.
2: <laughs>
0: oh
3: there was so much he could have I mean he could have just shot he could have got in the car yeah when he put it in the car, he could have aimed the gun and shot him yeah and drove off <laughs> and and he could have took him out I mean it, it would have been but I know he I, I, I don't know. It's, I know it's just yeah I know or he Time travel not kind to this movie he could have took the, the serum out of the gun and stabbed him <laughs> That's true. When he ran past them.
2: Because that
0: would have probably broken the trance, been... right, of the guy? I would assume that would have broken yeah. the that Yeah.
2: That would have broke it right there. Yeah, movie over. But then The movie would have been like 20 minutes long.
3: Yeah, And she would have been <laughs> alive. Everything would have been fine.
0: Yep. Oh, and, my, and another, another key point I loved. We got to get rid of that blue streak in your hair. It makes you too identifiable. So what does she do? She puts a red streak.
3: Right from I know she, she takes out the blue streak, puts in a red streak. And you
0: know what's funny is like anybody other than Helen Hunt in this role, it would have I think the movie would have probably been ruined because she's she comes across as so intelligent and so grounded and so yep. just real. That's why it works. Like you just totally even because any other picture, any actress, even a good actress, and like when she's first starting out, I could just see him being squealing and oh Jack, no, you know, just like <laughs> just shoot her, you know. Yeah. You know, just come on. Oh, I could have easily
2: seen, I could have easily seen, like, a Leah Thompson cast in that role, and it... Oh, no.
0: Oh, God. Or, you or, 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 so or wait a minute. that same character. As much as I love her, as much as I love her, Ray Don Chong in Commando in that role. Oh. God. Uh, I oh. swear, I saw, I was like, Arnold, will you please just... Uh, God, yeah, she was so but- annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my
3: god! Yeah, this was one time where I she didn't annoy me like this is one character because you know that character trope that we've always yeah. seen in in every yeah. it seemed like almost every movie yep. at that time. Yep. Yeah, she wasn't like that. Yep. I liked her. Yeah, yep. I, like I liked her better than death. Yeah,
0: I, well, I, don't, I wouldn't go that well. I mean, I like. You know, from, I'm talking about his
3: the things he did like she was a lot smarter than you yeah were at I time. think there's an argument Just to run it. In yeah and get caught
0: yeah that's true yeah he would he would definitely uh, I think what's interesting because the whole film noir angle like you always had the film fatale which you know you had this beautiful woman who the mm-hmm. the, the the private dick <laughs> uh thinks that uh, you know, that, that, uh, that, you know, Stephen Jeffries, what, uh, you know, that, 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 you know, that she's on his side, she ends up betraying him. Uh, and, and that never happened. Like I thought that was kind of, she was always just, she was good and pure, but again, not to the point of being annoying and you just wanted her to, you know, get chucked off that building and his watch to break. That never yep. happened. Yep. yep. That's good stuff. All right, gentlemen. So on that um, note, do you have any, any final Final uh, comments on transers.
2: I'm gonna go buy some hair gel for my hair and slick it back like that because I don't want to be a squid. <laughs> exactly. I,
0: I would, but I don't have hair. <laughs> do, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do it to my yeah, chrome dome. I'm gonna, dome. Have to be
2: like, I'm gonna have to buy like five
0: bottles. I'm gonna, I'm gonna to buff my head, and head and till my I look back. like Destro. I'm gonna do it to my arms. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. Bu- I'm gonna buff my head till I look like Destro, and then that's that's all there is to it. Daryl, thank you so much for joining us, man. It has been fantastic. You want to throw out that uh, podcast network URL one more time for the good folks? And of course, I will put it in the show notes.
3: Okay, you go to the Taylor Network, one word dot wordpress dot com.
0: That is awesome and a little narcissistic, but but I like it. I like it. <laughs> go all out. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all about the tailor.
2: Right. Go big or go home. That's exactly. Right.
0: All right, cool deal. <laughs> and that little ditty was from uh, a listener to the show, Hammond. He sent that in a while back, actually, and I was finally able to include it. Um, I'd gotten some feedback from some very wise folks that we needed some sort of transition with these six Flix picks. Thanks, Kevin. And specifically, uh, other than the um, uh, yeah the, cable yeah TV that, network that, that shall remain nameless because you know <laughs> rip off rip off uh, yeah yeah <laughs> so yes that was a great little tune I think it'll be a nice opener for the six flicks picks for now and we'll go ahead and get right into it all these are six movies starring Mr Tim Thomerson. Jason would you like to lead us off with the first pick for this evening.
2: Absolutely. Um, I've got a trifecta of Thomerson movies. This is one of those that uh, probably covers the gamut, although one of them has got a striking resemblance to uh, the movie we just covered. But I'm going to start with uh, a slapstick comedy from the late 80s, The Wrong Guys, from 1988. Have you seen this?
0: Yes, I did when it came out on video in 1988. (laughs) (laughs) I I know it has Louis Anderson
2: in it. It was not long for the theatrical world,
0: no. (laughs) (laughs) What, with Richard Belzer? Pre-Law and Order? And it wasn't long?
2: (laughs) Yeah, even with Tim Thomason, he couldn't save it. Um, This is basically the story of uh, a group of five guys who were these 'er ne'er-do-well Cub Scouts who just couldn't quite cut it, and um, they tried to camp out on this mountain, and they – freaked out, got scared, called their mommies, and uh, left. And so the movie basically is the story of these guys all grown up, and Louis Anderson plays kind of the leader of the scout group, the, the Owls, and he's trapped in the past, living with his mom, and wondering what happened to the guys since they'd all grown up and wants to get them back together. So he does, calls them all together, and the group consists of Richard Lewis – Mm-hmm. a stand-up comedian. You remember him? He's, oh, yeah. He's uh, um, done quite a bit. Um, Richard Belzer, like you mentioned, yep. was in Law & Order SVU, Special Victims Unit. Very solemn role. Plays kind of the savant in that. Franklin Aiea, and then Tim Thomerson, who plays kind of this surfer guy in um, – So they all kind of get back together and decide that they've got to conquer that mountain again Mm -hmm. that they couldn't do as Cub Scouts. So they decide they're going to go back to the mountain and recamp, relive old memories, and (laughs) lo and behold, on the mountain is Duke, who is this escaped convict played by John Goodman and (laughs) his gang, and they're escaping to this mountain, (laughs) and Duke and his gang think that these Cub Scouts or the, you know, the 'er ne'er-do-wells, the wrong guys, are actually FBI agents trying to track them down. because of Bells. John Goodman in this plays... Yeah. (laughs) Um, John Goodman plays a fantastic bad
0: guy in this, by the way. Well, it's (laughs) funny because everyone thinks the Coen Brothers are so original. Basically, this is Walter from The Big Lebowski. He's playing it very... Uh, There's something about the character that just really reminds me because it's John Goodman. But, uh, yeah, that was... um... He, he definitely had that Walter yeah. vibe going on.
2: Oh, yeah, especially when you like the, the scenes in the diner, the pancake hatred and, you know, the way he plays it out. It's it's definitely. Um,
0: it also stars Ernie Hudson. Hmm. Our buddy Winston. You know,
2: of Ghostbuster fame.
0: Yep, yep, yep. Yeah.
2: Um, so he's in the gang and, uh, he plays a, a very good role. I, you know, he really is one of those, one of those actors that I think is unsung because we talk about him, we've talked about him at least three or four times so far, mm-hmm. just in various things he's been in and he plays a pretty strong role. So, oh, yeah. um, in this, he's not, the, he's not really the funny man, but he's, you know, plays good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, Judd Goodman just is over the top and, you know, if you could put up with Louis Anderson for very long, which I really can't, uh. Why you camping up up with Louis Anderson? I know he was big for a while. Ah, I know he had a carpet ah, tune. ah,
0: Get it, get it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're clever. I get you. That's funny.
2: Yeah, don't blame the gap in his teeth. That's all I gotta say. But
0: (laughs) whoa, angry. Yeah, and don't don't forget to mention that it also starred Brian James, who was in Blade Runner and Fifth Element and Enemy Mine, and he actually. some reason I always remember him being in the horror show, which I think also had Lance Henriksen, which is the because we did the house, uh, we did the house from 1986. I can't get this out, I'm about to pass out. When we did house from 1986, no, no, no. we talked about all the sequels. Well, house three was actually completely retitled and called the horror show, had nothing to do with the first two films at all. And no. Brian James uh, was in that film. As the kind of the serial killer, but interesting side note, he and Tim Thomerson got started. I believe it was in New York together on the stand-up uh, comic scene, because Thomerson was actually a stand-up comic at the beginning. So, sort of funny because looking at both really. these guys, you don't think funny.
2: No, no, not no, either. no. Brian James, although he played in The Fifth Element, he kind of played a comical type character. But you know, yeah. he was. Uh, yeah, I like him. I mean, I think he's got a very distinctive look. But. Um, but anyway, yes, it's, it's, it's funny in a completely goofy, corny, oh my god, these, this is awful. But it's, you know, it is what it is. So yeah. <laughs> I won't give away the ending other than to say it also involves their mommies again. And, oh wait, one more. Tim Thomerson has a great scene in this. Mm-hmm. He plays the surfer. And his crazy girlfriend predicts that he's going to surf the wave that never ends.
0: Don't give it away, Jason. Tim Thomerson is on part of
2: a – yeah, yeah.
0: I said said spoiler alert. If you're (laughs) –
2: Yeah, spoiler. But this doesn't give anything away. I mean he's he's on a part of the raft and he goes over a waterfall and he is one of the few people that will say in a movie, bitchin'. Any movie that says bitchin' uh, what? automatically on my list. <laughs>
0: well, really? Because in Trancers. <laughs> yep. Helen Hunt says it. Okay. <laughs> so our number five pick is going to be Zone Troopers from 1986. They've got it listed as 85 on IMDb. What a shocker if they're wrong. Yes, this came out right mm. after um, Trancers did. Uh, well, right you know, soon thereafter. It's also from the Charles Band Stable of Goodness. And, of course, uh, Mr. Band, I believe, only produced this picture. This was not directed by him. And it tells the story of a group of American GIs during World War Two, W WWII, to quote Mr. Futterman. <laughs> and they are out and about, you know, dealing with the little, the little Nazi problem that they were having over in uh, Europe at that time. And... <laughs> Wow. <laughs> this is some good cold medicine. Um, yeah. Take some more. Yeah. <laughs> Take more, more. Uh, so they're on patrol, and long story short, they come across this Nazi camp, and it's been pretty much, you know, abandoned and whatnot. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen this, so I'm pretty much trying to have to pull this out of thin air. And they end mm-hmm. up realizing that these Nazis were studying an alien craft of some sort. They find it, they, you know, explore it, they go inside, and, you know, long story short, the aliens aren't gone or dead. Big shocker there. And and these American GIs, you know, kind of are in a, in a battle for their lives. But what's cool, and it's interesting, because it seems like Charles Band, during this time period, a lot of the movies he put out, and actually pretty much all, not even this time period, most of his repertoire, are always, he always blends genres. Like, he always, um, you know, this was a World War Two. You know, war movie mixed with a sci-fi angle. And Trancers, of course, yeah. was a sci-fi film noir. So it, yep. he definitely has yep. that has that going on. Um, it also, interestingly enough, starred Art LeFleur, who uh, was in Trancers. Uh, as uh, was his name? Calhoun? Yeah, yeah. And um, so, yeah, he plays Mittens. And Tim Thomerson stars in this. <laughs> he plays the Sarge, which seems extraordinarily fitting. And uh, no typecasting there. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, a, it's pretty, it's cheesy, but it's fun. I mean, it's a good old-fashioned, you know, back in the day. Uh, I believe this is actually not just like Transfers, even though the Full Moon logo comes up on the, uh, the DVD for Transfers. It was originally released by Empire, which was Charles Band's company uh, pre-Full Moon. So I believe this is also an Empire production. And uh, it's worth checking out if you get a chance. So that was the number five pick.
2: All right, Uh, so the number four pick is going to be one that doesn't necessarily star Tim Thomerson, um, but he is in it, and he is a star, so (laughs) that's good enough, right? (laughs) Sure, why not? We'll go with that. (laughs) Um, It's the best fighter pilot movie that doesn't star Tom Cruise.
0: (laughs) I actually like it better than Top Gun. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I really do too because it doesn't have the really. I think Top Gun is a better scene in it.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awkward. (laughs) Yeah. We know what you mean. (laughs) Um, Yeah. uh, Top Gun, I think, is a much better made, like, as far as produced film, but yeah. Yeah. As far as just pure cheese ball fun, give me Iron Eagle.
2: Yes. So it's Iron Eagle from 1996, uh, starring Lewis Gossett Jr.  … … and Jason Gedrick, and the basic story is if you haven't seen it, um, uh, uh, Jason Gedrick, whose name is Doug Masters is his character's name. Um, his father gets shot down over an a Middle Eastern state, which is pretty much Iran, um, and no one can get him out. You know, they're trying to rescue him, and, and it's the whole down fighter pilot uh, issue, and so Doug decides to take matters into his own hands… And uh, recruits this colonel who is friends with his dad to um, help him. And you know, sometimes you just got to accept a plot stretch. <laughs> They're just going to steal two air force fighter planes, sneak it across the country from California to uh, the Middle East, and save uh, their his dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Watch the movie anyway because it's still good. <laughs> so, um, Tim Thomerson plays one of the colonels on it, and uh, uh, Colonel Ted Masters um, and and his dad. He plays his dad basically. Yeah, he, so, um, he he has that very good, uh, as we mentioned earlier. He kind of has that very good, bedraggled look. Yeah. Kind of a Yes. Yeah. The the worn out. Weathered. <sighs> He's got the good, unshaven, unkempt look. Yeah. So in this, as the POW, he plays it off well. <laughs>
0: <So>. Yeah, definitely.
2: <laughs> um, but anyway, so it's it's really a, a good movie. I like it. They did what three
0: sequels? I think yeah, we got up to Iron Eagle four at least. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah, none of those were anywhere near as good as this. I mean, there was I think two was okay. Yeah, it was watchable. Yeah. But this was definitely the best, so yes. um, by far no no comparison. But um, it's a fantastic movie. It's, it's really cool if you haven't seen it. So Iron Eagle, 1986, starring Tim Thomerson.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, excellent choice, my friend. And the next pick is uh, keeping in line with the theme of just blowing crap up. It's Uncommon Valor from 1983. Again, Mr. Thomerson does not star in this movie. I mean, he is one of the leads, but, so to speak. He's part of the ensemble cast the star was actually gene hackman who plays colonel Cal rhodes who assembles mm-hmm. a team of vietnam vets together to get his son out of vietnam who is left in fact as a pow so much like iron eagle be- after it i'm
2: seeing common threads yeah yeah, yeah.
0: so <laughs> it also starred a young patrick swayze this is an early picture that he was in uh, robert stack mm-hmm. uh fred ward was in it uh, Randall Tex Cobb, our buddy from Raising Arizona, and Blind Fury. Uh, Harold Sylvester is one of those actors, it's like, as soon as you see him, like, oh, I know that dude. Uh, and, uh, you know, I had a, had a really good cast. Actually, uh, Jane Kaczmarek, I think I should pronounce it right, too, uh, from uh, Malcolm in the <laughs> Middle and, of course, The Heavenly Kid, which is probably what she's best known for, not Malcolm in the Middle. And it was directed <laughs> by Ted Kochif, I think it's Kochif, who directed the original rambo movie first blood which is probably it's in the top five of my favorite action flicks of all time i just love first blood i think it's a great movie and it's debatable whether it's a straight action movie or more of a drama with action elements in it but i digress so this movie is similar in that vein because it's kind of has this undercurrent of you know the the forgotten soldier from that war and uh you know there's 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 an undercurrent of a, a little bit of Social commentary, but it's not heavy handed, definitely not ham handed. It's pretty much a falls yeah. to the wall action flick where this group of guys are convinced to come together and, you know, much like Iron Eagle, stretching the uh, line of credibility that these guys would be <laughs> able to get into a war torn country, even if it is, you know, eight years after American forces pulled out, and uh, would be able to pull off this great mission. Uh, so, yes, yeah. uh, but Uncommon Valor is actually a pretty decent little flick. <laughs> Some points it plays kind of like a television. Made for TV movie, but uh, it's it's worth checking out. So, highly recommend. Uncommon Valor. What's your next pick, Jay?
2: Speaking of made for TV movies, no. <laughs> no um, my next one is Doll Man, which oh, actually yeah. does feature Tim Thomerson, and <laughs> honestly, comes across a lot like Transfers. Yeah, um, because he is a cop from another world who comes to Earth in the current day and. Deals with some of the oddities of this world. Yeah.
0: And he's the really – hey, well, in this Jason, one, Jason?
2: On his planet.
0: Jason? Huh? Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, but in, in this one, he's 13 inches with attitude.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: That's what she said. <laughs> yes. So, uh, basically, Tim Thomerson plays
0: <laughs> Brick. <laughs>
2: 13-inch Brick.
0: Bricklanders. Sounds like a porn name. Yeah, like Bricklanders. (laughs) 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 Bricklanders.
2: Yeah. He is a cop from another planet who on his world is perfectly normally sized, but apparently Earth is populated by giants. Um, He chases some bad guys um, down to Earth that he has to capture and try and uh, uh, defeat. In the meantime, all kinds of hilarity ensue when you know, he faces small children who think he's a toy and um, this gang that the, the bad guys have uh, um, recruited to help protect him and, and defeat Dollman. And Dollman has, I must say, probably the most badass gun mm-hmm. in any movie. Because that thing is what? What would you say? Maybe an inch?
0: Oh, according to the promo, it's 13. Oh, you're talking about the gun. The gun, The gun, yeah. yeah gun. <laughs>
2: And I'm not talking about his gun. I'm talking about his gun, because he shoots full-size humans with that, and it blows a hole in them like it's a 50-caliber. Oh yeah, you know sniper rifle.
0: So. Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Doll Man from 1991, fantastic <laughs> cheeseball romp. <laughs> oh
0: yeah. It's it's worth the price of admission. Uh, just watching. Uh, be aware that if you check the YouTube trailer out, not safe for work. Um, they drop quite a few f bombs within the trailer, which was amusing. I think. They...
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more of a theatrical trailer, so yeah.
0: Yeah, of course. Red band, <laughs> red band from Charles Band. So moving right along, Jason. That was your number. Number two. Two. That's right. That was your number two. <laughs> now for <the> number <laughs> the number, uh, the number one pick. Although it's debatable, that probably should have been number one in hindsight. But whatever. That's all right. Number one pick. Even again. He doesn't star in it, but his presence makes it that much more awesome. Cherry 2000, <laughs> 1987, starring Melanie Griffith, pre-facial jackhammering. <laughs> David Andrews and Pamela Gidley as Cherry 2000. It has a pretty... Honestly, the, the main cast is, least, is less impressive to me than the, uh, the supporting cast, which includes... Marshall Bell, who was in Total Recall, and Starship Troopers, and Stand By Me, a uh, a young Lawrence Fishburne, and kind of, well, I guess, technically, he was really young in Apocalypse Now, which is his first film, but young enough, he wasn't a huge star at this point. Right around the time that he did Pee-wee's... uh, playhouse. So uh, it also has Brian James in it, yet again. And Ben Johnson, who's a great actor. He was in Red Dawn and a bunch of Westerns. Uh, of course, Tim Thomerson, who plays the, uh, the bad guy, Lester. And Robert Zadar, if you're familiar with Maniac Cop, he was the cop in Maniac Cop. And uh, that's pretty much it as far as the main coolness of the cast goes. And the story is, is thus. Sam is a businessman. Sam has a girlfriend. His girlfriend's name is Cherry. One night while preparing to make love on a floor surrounded by dishwater and soapy suds, (laughs) Cherry (laughs) shorts out because it turns out Cherry, um, a human, she's a robot. and A really expensive blow-up doll. (laughs) A really expensive one. One of them real Shit. fancy ones you get from Japan or something, can and a switch on the back. Yeah, he forgot to <laughs> he forgot to put her surge protector in, so she shorts out. He goes to get a new model, and the uh, the, the guy named Slim, who is I guess kind of the mechanic for these things, uh, he's played by Michael <laughs> C. Gwynn, and he tells him, "Well, you could take the memory chip and you can you know try it and put it in a different." model robot. It'll have all her memories and everything, but it'll just look different. Well, no, that's not good enough for Sam. So Sam hires E. Johnson, a bounty hunter, who turns out to be Melanie Griffith. They have to go into this dangerous zone, you know, like all these movies, have, like the Forbidden Zone, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, so uh, you know, it's kind of a the movie's definitely got this kind of, kind of like transfers that way, where it's got this kind of film noir aspect to it. It's funny, the trailer on YouTube yeah. has the music from Taxi Driver, Bernard Herman's score from Taxi Driver, and I believe some music from Tangerine Dream. So I don't know. It's not a <laughs> fan produced one. It's actual like trailer for this movie, but I don't I mean it's flagrant. They're they use like the most recognizable parts of the taxi driver, you know, theme. But wow. but it has that kind of vibe to it, that dark, you know, neon mm. vibe to it. And it's funny, on the surface you'd think this is a pretty sexist movie, but it's actually kind of, you know, Got this strong feminist vibe to it. Obviously, the idea of Cherry Two Thousand and objectifying women, and you know E. Johnson turning out you know, the assumption, of course, being it's going to be this kind of Tim Thomerson grizzled, you know, kind of character. Turns out it's this beautiful young, again, pre-Jack Hammering uh, Melanie Griffith, and you know, <laughs> right? So, and 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 it's definitely got a lot of uh, symbolism in it relating to sexuality. It's not too subtle. Like there's, I, I recall a scene when you know he's in the bed with, I believe it's Cherry and. Above them, there's a piece of artwork. Let's just say it uh, it's very reminiscent of um, you've seen Austin Powers, right? Yes. Okay. You remember a lot of vagina?
1: <laughs> yes. yes.
0: That's pretty much It looks like a lot of <laughs> vagina. <laughs> so Or I want a hump a lot.: I've, uh, yes. Well, you want a hump a lot under a lot of vagina. <laughs> So, yes, Terry 2000, 1987. That is my pick. And quick caveat. Jason and I were debating if we, in fact, used this once before in a previous six picks. I said I didn't think we did. But this is why it's important to keep a spreadsheet of all your picks um, (laughs) sometime before episode 10. (laughs) because and we need to now go back and check those but if it is it's the first one we've repeated I do not believe it is though I think I may have you included it in one of my early on in the website I did like a six movies from 1988 or 87 or whatever that you must see and I think I used it then and so I'm standing by it Cherry 2000 actually it says 1987 (laughs) I believe it was filmed in 85 and wasn't actually released until like 88 to give you an idea of the amazing artistic magnitude of this picture how long the effects took to perfect? Yes, it was. It was. <laughs> and oh, and one other thing, Jason Stephen D. Yeah. Jarnett directed it. Uh, he made one of your favorite films of all time, Miracle Mile.
2: That <laughs> actually is a good movie. Yeah,
0: actually, <laughs> funny side note. When what episode was that we were going to do Miracle Mile? And then we we're like, ah, no. Oh God, that was like episode nine four. or ten. It was. It was a long time ago. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe we were like going to use it then. Yeah, whatever so yes moving right along then Jason let's wrap this bad boy up oh it's been a blast yes so what <laughs> yes we have to say thank you to our buddy Daryl and uh, we'll put uh, like we said before we'll put all the links up to his podcast in the show notes so please go check that out on the website and I might as well just say that now that's forgottenflix.com. Jason you want to throw out the old voicemail
2: absolutely give us a call anytime even if you have twelve thousand screws loose and yeah sure what the hell yeah, jv give us a call it again it's 206 203 0491 all long distance rates apply
0: yeah i would argue the the screws loose makes it better obviously yep. Yeah. Cur- courtesy of jason's fan club
1: <laughs> just so we're clear fan. jv
0: <laughs> i agree with you so <laughs> moving right along we also can be found upon the tweeter i am Forgotten Flicks and Jason is Flick's sidekick, and those are both Flicks'es with an X. And you can check out our Facebook page, Forgotten Flicks. And you can also—this is the important one, of course. Well, they're all important, but iTunes—we have uh, we have all our episodes available on iTunes, and eventually uh, the Zune Marketplace for the one guy out there that uses it. And <laughs> yes, so go to iTunes. We actually just got a new review left up there for us. Thank you so much. Uh, Mark, thank you for, for doing that. We really appreciate it. And, you mm-hmm. know, anybody else want to leave us a review? Especially if they're the five-star variety. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah. And what am I forgetting, Jason? I feel like I'm forgetting something. Website, voicemail, Twitter. Facebook. I said Facebook. Okay. Is that everything? We really need to have I to, think that's so. all. Really, it seems like we have too many channels. Like, we have too much... Well, And we've got to set up the... When the, when, business, when quote-unquote businesses are allowed to set up pages, we'll of course have the... Check us out on Google Plus. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, actually, we both are, so if you want to plus us, we're on Google Plus. <laughs> so, plus us if you're on. And don't
2: forget to vote on the upcoming yes. uh, Halloween special.
0: Yes, sir. Thank you for mentioning Singer. it. So, it's on the website, yeah. and uh, just go there, and you'll see it in the sidebar, and uh, vote on which movie you want to subject. I mean... Have us watch. <laughs> Jason, any final words?
2: Yes, I just want to say no. I did not mean what I said last night. We are not the ethereal union of two souls.
0: You lied to me. You.